Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. first question this week comes by instagram at that.emo.princess what is the best horror remake slash reboot so we're starting out with a simple question awesome <laughs> really easing back into things um i feel like i already know megan's answer so i'm gonna start with megan because if she doesn't say it i'm gonna say it so <laughs> megan what's your favorite the thing. It's yeah. the thing. Nice. Uh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> what? So. Yeah, see, this was hard. This was hard. I have literally four top fours that I could have gone with. But if we're going with the best that kind of yeah. set the blueprint, mm-hmm. then I had to go with the thing because everything else came after that. So, yeah. that That's fair. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of it that way. Like that that kind of changed the landscape of Hollywood forever. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Maybe not at the um, time, but for horror, yeah. I was thinking that you were going to say Evil Dead. So, uh, it's, it's on my list. It is on my list is the top four. So I'm going to say Evil Dead. <laughs> okay. okay. 20, uh, 2013's Evil yeah. Dead. Nice. Yeah. How easy, you know? I'm going to go with the crazies. I love the original oh. movie, but I really love the one from 2010. It's just, I remember I went to the theaters to see it, and I just had such a good time whenever I rewatched yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I had never seen the original, and I think we might have done a blockbuster rental mm-hmm. on, on the remake because that was with Timothy Oliphant, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, it is. he's incredible. And I remember <laughs> watching it, not having any idea what it was about, and that being one of those movies where I was like, "This is a good movie." Yeah, yeah. Like I love the little touch. If I'm remembering right, it's been a decade since I've seen it. Um, but like the concept of like when the soldiers come in. Mm-hmm. Even the soldiers are like, what are we doing? Like, this is messed up. Like, I love that. Yeah. Where the secret yeah. government agents here, when the government comes in, you actually treat them like real people who are like, yeah. what's it was, happening? It was crazy. Yeah. Their small little town, they was having a normal time. And then all of a sudden, this craziness. Like, So if it's been a while since you've uh, seen it, I recommend giving it a, another rewatch. I still think that it is such, like, it's a blast. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. Our second question comes via Twitter at Trib underscore E Y E I. I don't know. <laughs> What's your favorite horror moment involving the act of licking? What a fun question. Right? I love it. <laughs> and I feel like it could go a lot of different ways. Um, I'm going to start. Because I could only think of one off the top of my head, which is I probably just a classic. 
what I think it is. Probably Nancy getting licked through the phone in Nightmare on Elm Street. That is not what I thought you were going to say. I'm very surprised. Yay. Yeah. Well, there was another one I had in mind, but that was kind of the the very first one where I remember being like, oh, my God, what is that? That's fair. He's licking her. His mouth is the phone. No. Uh, I'll be using them. Oh, okay. Well, I I have a couple, but I'll start with um, a childhood favorite of mine uh, from Campfire Tales from 1997. I won't tell you in how, you know, which way it happens. Uh, But, you know, it's a great anthology horror. You should check it out. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So that was actually going to be my pick also. So I will go with the one that I thought John was going to pick, which is Ravenous. He's licking me. Oh, that's a, I didn't even think of that one. That was a good one. But you yeah, don't actually yeah. see the licking. You just hear the reaction to the licking. That's enough to that's sell a, it, oh. though. Like, his reaction, like, he's licking me is so creepy. And that and that's kind of similar to Campfire Tales mm-hmm. um, pick. Yeah, so those two were the two that I had written down for yeah. licking. See, and, licking horror. And I thought you were going to, like, go that I was going to, like, double dip on Evil Dead with licking the razor. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, I love that scene too. That's oh, a good time. That's, that's yeah, a, that's a rough watch. Right One here. of my follow-ups. Um, I was going to mention Dead Silence. There is a licking mm. scene in mm. Dead Silence. Yeah, you got- two and your Dead Silence. It's oh my god, the movie's perfect. We need ventriloquist puppet horror. Like that's still I don't know. Does is ventriloquist puppets not as popular these days? So therefore, we don't get as as much creepy ventriloquist puppet horror. I don't know. We need more quicksand. We need more ventriloquist more, horror. Yes. We need <laughs> more people belts. in gorilla suits. Yeah, all of these things. <laughs> Speaking of all the things, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast. Everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And dope is Discuss the Disgusting. You know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting. Horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from a YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, Infinite Love for the Genre, and being the head of Bloody Disgusting's TikTok, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. <laughs> I'm so tired and sad. Uh, it almost sounded like I was just falling. Yeah, are you okay? <laughs> You're like being dragged under the bed right now. I record on the edge of a pit at all times, just in case. Keeps me on edge. Uh, we are going to deviate from... The the normal format just a little bit this week. We might be mixing things up now and again, depending on what's going on in the news. If there are any particular trending topics that we want to chat about or other tie-ins, things like that. In this case, Zena brought up the wonderful topic of we are going to discuss our favorite top three for now. <laughs> ne- 90s horror movie sequels. So why this topic, Zena? Because I think it was on Friday, I was tweeting about my love for disturbing behavior. You know, I'm pretty obsessed with the movie, I'm not going to lie. And I'm really sad, ever since I was a kid, that we've never received a sequel. Because they set it up that way. I would like to see more. And, okay, here's the thing with Twitter. You tweet what's on your mind. So this is on my brain. Yeah. Uh, There was someone who said, no shade. Uh, Well, who asked for it? I mean, I tweeted about it. You (laughs) did. Right. So, yeah, you know, and so and then, you know, there was like this discussion about how, well, there really um, there really isn't a lot of horror 90 sequels. And it's just kind of like, um, 
Really? Because I, I, I can think of some. I'm I'm not saying like if you're going to love them. Everybody has like mixed taste, but there are horror 90 sequels. So oh, there are a lot, but it's also the, the direct to video era. Right, mm. right. So and then again, you know, back in the 90s, I was a kid. So if I saw that it had part two, part three, yeah. part four, I was there. So my point is, I remember going to the video store and I remember seeing plenty of horror sequels. And I just thought it would be cool if we did talk about it because I don't really feel like it's discussed enough anyway. You know, when we do discuss 90s horror, um, it's more mm-hmm. of a general type of sense or automatically people think about some of the, like the the staples, you know, like Scream, Urban Legend, yeah. you know, and that, not that those those are awesome. I love those as well. So I just figured that, you know what, let's talk about some 90s, you know, horror sequels be a good day for us all sounds fun i'm i'm on board on board Uh, and i totally agree i when you first uh, mentioned it to us before we started recording obviously (laughs) i was kind of like 90s horror movie sequels Mm -hmm. i probably had the same reaction that twitter did which also makes me feel sad about myself that i would react the same way as twitter (laughs) i just think that maybe maybe people weren't watching the sequels in the 90s that's all I, i think i did i think i just wasn't cognitively thinking about franchises like we do now Mm -hmm. oh yeah so like i don't i didn't necessarily think of them as sequels i just thought of them as going to see a movie because remember i was also so late to horror anyway that i was seeing most stuff out of order right i feel like i was just gonna say that you know especially for xena and me being you know the the video store era horror kids growing up where i think we never bothered with chronological release order Mm -hmm. you know it's you're kind of one at the mercy of what's in stock too right i don't know i feel like we were always motivated by those cover box images anyways Mm. and i remember my introduction to nightmare on elm street was always just out of order i don't even remember the original (laughs) order but i'm sure i went from like four two three one or i don't know just complete nonsense but yeah total nonsense all right so what order do we want to start in We'll just go around the table and just talk about our favorites. That sounds like a good idea. Well, let's start with Xena. It was your topic. Sure. You, uh, I, I have an idea of what <laughs> at least one of them that's going to pop yeah, up. Yeah, I have to mention this one, Night of the Demons 2 there from 1994. Uh, I really love this one. It, it just brings me comfort. And for some reason, this one was always available in the video stores or it was always on cable. So I, I watched mm-hmm. it many, many times. What what is your favorite? Like what makes that one so, such a, a favorite for you? So part one will always be a favorite of mine because it's one of the first horror movies I remember watching. Like mm-hmm. one of the first. Um, but with this one, this one just brings comfort. And I think, you know, when I think about there were times when I was home from school, sick from school, and I would watch Night of the Demons. And it just kind of gave me like that little comfort. So it's weird. Like this one, um, it does have its flaws. But I yeah. like, like, the setup. You know, I like that we have, like, the typical characters like we have in the first one. You know, I love the lipstick scene. <laughs> you know, I love that it takes place at a school. I love Mother Superior. Like, there's just... Oh, she's great. Yeah. She is incredible, you know. Uh, she needs to be the principal of the school. So, um, but yeah, just kind of always was curious um, to see. And when I was watched the first one, I wanted to see how things were for the kids at school. So, with the sequel, we were able to see, instead of the party... We well, we saw the party, but we saw more of the kids at school, which was a nice dynamic for. Yeah, yeah. Nice. How about you, Megan? 
Okay, so when Zena brought up this idea, I was thinking about all of the sequels, and there's obviously, like, the the franchise, like, the main franchise ones that I think people think of, and I decided to keep it weird and go with favorites that I rented a lot uh, growing up, and I think the one out of all of them that I probably went to the most, whatever this says about me, was Return of the Living Dead 3. Yeah. I was obsessed with that one. I mean, the first one is great. The second one I like, but it kind of is just the same thing as part one, just kind of shifted into a suburb. And three is the goopiest, goriest uh, Romeo and Juliet <laughs> ever, um, thanks to Brian Yuzna. Melinda Clark is fantastic as a... Zomb- probably the hottest zombie maybe yeah, i don't know is. is there another zombie hotter than her <laughs> um, where she does some crazy things to try and stave off her hunger which i thought was a really nice touch um for zombie s- stories to try and fight that sickness mm-hmm. but anyways yeah i just it's like tragic romeo and juliet but gory and goopy and melty and body horror as possible <laughs> Well, a question. Do you think that Julie was really into Kurt? I do. But yeah. I think like Romeo and Juliet, because if you look at the original story, it's like a, they're, it's teens, their first love, where the, yeah. they burn bright and hot. But would they stay together in the long run? No. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the case with them. So it's probably great that they went out together. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert, but it's a 1994 movie. <laughs> yeah, so. come on. It's Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I'm going to go with one that might be unexpected since I never talk about this series. I have not watched any of the new stuff for, honestly, I haven't even seen all the movies. But I'm going to go with 1998's Bride of Chucky. Nice. Ah. I actually saw this one in the theaters, and I'd never seen a child play movie before. Oh, wow. I was very aware of them. Yeah, yeah. But this was also not that long into me kind of getting into horror. Like, I've probably only been starting to watch horror for the last year or two, give or take. And that was still hit or miss. It was more like friends were getting together, wanted to go to the movies. One of the friends worked at a movie theater. We're like, what should we see? And that was what was showing. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. But I actually remember having a lot more fun than I thought I was going to about the concept of this little killer doll. And a lot of it, I think, has to be attributed to Jennifer Tilly. I think the the interplay between Stephen Dorn and... um, and uh, Jennifer Tilly is great, and she just adds that added attitude and chastising Wait, him. And what? Who'd you say? Was Isn't it Stephen Dorff? Wait, no, that's Brad Dourif. Brad Dourif. Dourif. Dorff. Uh, Dorn. Stephen Dorff is is Blade Vampire. Yeah. Oh, so... yeah. And the gate. I was, say, I was like, that sounded <laughs> wrong, but you're, you're it was the... close. Yeah. Enough I was like for Deacon me. Frost. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> I missed this movie. I, okay. I I saw the theatrical cut of it. I don't know. Oh they, man, they, I they... missed out. <laughs> <laughs> he he was, had a lot more attitude. Uh, but no, you're but, right. Like Chucky yeah, and, and Tiffany, and kind of it's also like a road trip horror mm-hmm. at the same time, and mixing in the occult, and really, you know, Jennifer Tilly being a more I would I would argue more sinister, like antagonist in this movie than Chucky himself because she starts out like oh yeah I'll just I'll just start killing people like she's just good with it and it's like awesome let's go for it <laughs> plus then you get the cool Chucky you know a Scarface type 
or jigsaw type um design and stuff and yeah, yeah this is good times plus good it was a way funnier than i thought it was gonna be yeah it's probably yeah. one of the first examples that i could really remember of horror being funny hmm. outside of army of darkness i didn't get when i first saw it like i was like i had a it took me a long time to come around to them but just like a funny movie i liked it nice awesome all right round two xena Round two, I'm going with Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead. Uh, another one from 1994. Um, I just love the Phantasm franchise. Uh, the first one's my favorite, and then this one is my second favorite. This is another comfort one for me because this one was always on TV all the time. And Rocky, she's just a powerful, powerful woman, and I wanted to be her. So that's it. Nice. <laughs> that's it? That's it? Okay. <laughs> All right, Megan. I love werewolves. Mm -hmm. And so obviously, or maybe not obviously, one of the movies that I rented more than once uh, as a wee horror kid, Howling for the Freaks. This franchise is banana pants, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Uh, we went from a stone-cold werewolf classic to... Your sister is a werewolf, trash Euro, whatever is happening there, to marsupial werewolves. And then you've got, uh, and I think this is six, not four. The four. Six, because four was like the redo of the original, but like mm -hmm. way low budget. Five, I think, was like a whodunit in the castle. Like yeah. what, somebody, okay, so Bye six. Both. It's six freaks. And it's basically... For whatever reason, werewolves and vampires are enemies, and uh, a vampire kind of keeps one as, as his carnival sideshow. Uh, it, it's weird. It's so bizarre, but I love the concept of, like, this carnival sideshow setting, and you've got, like, an evil vampire. And, of course, the werewolf is always sympathetic. The poor werewolf just does not want to be cursed, so I don't know. I wouldn't say that this movie is great, but it tickled all of my boxes as a kid, you know, where I want tickled, ticked, ticked. I don't know how you tickle boxes, but you can. Well, <laughs> you could. We're starting to get into the weird territory on well, the yeah, podcast again. We tick the box. We tick the box. It's Sunday. We are not awake. We're going to say this is explicit. Stuff. It's fine. We're fine. <laughs> Tickling the boxes. I mean, it probably as a kid, I'm like, that's what the phrase was. <laughs> Side note, I used to make up lyrics for songs, and I was determined that that was how it really was. So, like, hmm. as a kid, I would argue with my mom that it's we milked this city on rock and roll. What does that even mean? I don't know. I don't know. To be fair, the real lyrics don't make any more sense. <laughs> they don't. So, I would just make them up, and I would argue that that was the case. So... <laughs> That, your mom must have so much patience. I was, <laughs> I did, yeah. I I was a stubborn child. I still probably am a very stubborn person. But the stuff that I would argue with, um, so all of that long-winded way uh, of saying that the freaks has it all. It has all these different monsters. I mean, it's not just werewolves and and vampires. It's like other kind of sideshowy creatures, um, good and evil, classic mm -hmm. battles. It's fun. Weird werewolf design. <laughs> got that go. too yeah uh i'm gonna stick on the the steven dorf train and say <laughs> the exorcist three 
there's like a account, there's a, a Twitter account that photoshops Paddington Bear into movies oh, every yeah. day until you should start doing that, but with like Deacon Frost. <laughs> there was uh there was an old Saturday Night Live bit. It was um Dermot Mulroney or uh what was it? Dermot Mulroney or he he was in like the lawyer shows. He was the first season of um American Horror Story. Dylan um, McDermott. Dylan right? McDermott. It was there Dylan McDermott go. or Dermot Mulroney. And that was uh, the game show, is you had to pick who was who. And I think both Dylan McDermott and Dermot Mulroney were guests on the show to like oh, contestants. <laughs> and then like they had their moms come out and their moms couldn't figure out which one was which. It was like the whole Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman stuff <laughs> that everyone always confusing them. But it was good yeah. stuff. For me, I think it was like Bill Pullman and what is the guy from Dumb and Dumber? Jeff Daniels? Jeff Daniels and Bill Pullman. I would get those two confused. Really? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Anyway, Exorcist 3. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I I think I saw this for the first time either this year or last year. I'd never seen it. Again, The Exorcist, I'll call it a classic. I think it very much deserves to be a classic. It's not my favorite movie or horror Mm -hmm. movie or even my top ten. And I think I tried watching the second one. I haven't had a ton. Personally, I haven't had a ton of luck with the sequels. I do still need to see the TV show. I think it's streaming on Tubi now. I should check out. You two raved about uh, Gina Davis and I should check out. Um, But what I kept hearing was that it had the best jump scare of all time. Mm -hmm. And which if you haven't seen it or if you haven't seen the memes or the lists or the videos on YouTube or whatever, don't just watch the movie because it is great. Mm -hmm. It is a really great jump scare in a way that jump scares are rarely done anymore like it's more i don't want to talk about it anyway <laughs> i don't want to talk about it yeah but what i i actually i really loved like the full circle approach with damon Karras coming back and just the way they were dealing with possession and kind of just the brutality of it all and i was surprised for a third i didn't think it was going to circle around so much stronger than the second which I'm sure is not a rarity anymore. Like sometimes you just get lost in the second go and then mm-hmm. bring, I don't know. I liked it. So Exorcist 3 is in the 90s. I saw it in the 2020s. <laughs> it it's counts. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's been a while since I watched this one, but um, I did watch, I think I watched part two for the first time. Maybe it was like two years ago. Hmm. And that was really an experience. Um, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's a movie. It's a yeah. It's a movie. I'm sorry. Also, Megan, your cat behind you, like, he's distracting yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, he keeps poking out. <laughs> so playing he's, peekaboo. He, he's like having a grand old time in my closet right now. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, as a recap, before I give you my third one maybe final one who knows uh night of the demons <laughs> 2 1994 phantasm mm-hmm. 3 lord of the dead 1994 and then as my final one i'm gonna go with <laughs> texas chainsaw massacre the next generation from 1995 really? yeah i mean i'm very glad you bring this I, up i think it's a fun movie it makes me laugh it, it always puts so me funny. in a good mood <laughs> I remember when I first watched it as a kid, like, I didn't know it was supposed to be fun. So I was, like, really yeah, yeah. confused. And I yeah. remember watching it, like, with my brothers and sisters and my parents, and they were laughing. 
And um, so it's like, okay, it's supposed to be funny, right? But yeah, I have, I, whenever I watch it, I always have like a good time. I feel like it's a really fun indie horror. It does not have that same feel as that first one. That first one, like, it's just gritty and like, you know how it just, you ever watch a movie and it just feels so raw? Like you could feel the heat coming from the, the, the screen. <laughs> oh you yeah, smell the sweat smells. makes you yeah. sweat, yeah. Uh, with this one, no, you you don't get that. You get chaos and ridiculousness that you just absolutely love. And this isn't a it's spoiler like- because it came out in 1995. I love the scene where, you know, uh, Renee Zellweger, she had enough. So she stands up and she says, I'm pretty much out of here. You know, and everybody is hurt in some ways except for Leatherface. <laughs> So Leatherface gets up and screams, like makes this sound. And, and she pretty much tells him, I, I'm cleaning up the language to shut up. And he just sits yeah. back down. And it was just she funny. Just... So I love that I one. Like, I like Darla with the bat and the drive through. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it is. It's like, so the first one, like you said, super stone cold serious. Then mm-hmm. it's pitch black comedy in part two. Then we go classic 90s slasher with part three like commercial appeal type yeah you know straightforward slasher and then we go back to the pitch black humor of part two it's like this weird kind of ebb and flow there i think this was actually the first texas chainsaw massacre movie i saw oh that would be very confusing it was very confusing i was just like okay cool like i'll rent this or whatever and then (laughs) this is what the hype is yeah matthew mcconaughey is playing with like a robotic leg or something that doesn't work and i was just like what is that renee zellweger what is what movie is this (laughs) and it was so i was i think i was just sitting there confused more than anything i was like this is yeah. a classic like like i wasn't necessarily thinking it was going to be as good as the original not that i'd seen the original so i was like is this the series that everyone thinks is so great it's yeah it's got to be very confusing because everything up to that point is this is a cannibalistic family left mm-hmm. behind by technology yeah. and then you get to part four and there are pizza boxes everywhere like yeah. this family yeah. it's like implying that this family just eats pizza That's all the time all. yeah but okay <laughs> Even though I, I remember with the question we had, I think it was last week, like, which family would you want to be a part of? Yeah. They seem yeah. pretty fun. You this know? is why I said Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because it's yeah. like, no matter what movie you pick from this franchise, they're just one big family. They love each other, even though what they're doing is twisted and sick. They love <laughs> each other. I think I remember seeing something not too long ago. I can't remember where it was, where Matthew McConaughey was talking about this movie. And how he, when he got the role, he didn't audition for that role. He auditioned for some, like, it was like one line or two oh, lines wow. or something oh, in the cool. movie. And I can't remember what the context was, if he thought that he bombed it or whatever. But, like, he left. And, like, in the parking lot, like, someone chased after him, basically, and offered him the bigger role. And he was, like, confused. Like, what you're offering me a bigger role from this like two line and like he didn't even want to take it right away because he wasn't even sure what the the role was because he hadn't read any of it he just read his own lines so like it was just more of a fluke than anything mm-hmm. else that even appeared in it just I, I don't know if the original actor dropped out or if they're like no this guy's good let's he's good enough <laughs> let's go i mean he Which, and renee zellweger were both austin locals so, so, oh, that might have yeah. been it because okay. he was just there, so he was available maybe <laughs> to shoot. Yeah, it. I mean, they were both like not breakout stars yet; they were on the cusp of mm. it, and uh, yeah, both local. Very cool. Nice. 
Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. All right, number three, Megan. Oh man. Um wait. so it's could you wait, give wait. us a sorry, could you give us a recap? Oh, okay. <laughs> so the first two, Return of the Living Dead three and Howling Six the Freaks. Um, so for this third one, I am picking one that was kind of a regular slumber party staple. This was the movie, both of them really, but since we're talking sequels specifically, were ones that, you know, we'd all gather at slumber parties and watch horror movies and get scared and scream. And for some reason, Witchboard movies did the <laughs> trick in scaring little girls silly. Uh, so Witchboard 2, The Devil's Doorway, which... Still kind of is a little cheesy like the first one, but a little bit more serious. Same director, I should add, as The Night of the Demons 1 mm-hmm. and 2. So I feel like Xena and I would have been BFFs growing would up. Have been. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, Devil Witchboard 2, it, it's got similar scares. The main guy from the first one makes a cameo at the tail end, um, just as an unrelated, you know, Easter egg there. But uh, I don't know that this necessarily holds up. It does make me very excited to see what they're going to do with this remake coming out. Um, But in terms of 90s sequels that I was obsessed with as a kid, this definitely is one of them. And Amy, is it Amy Dolan's? She was in everything. Well, for me at the time. Pumpkinhead 2, right? Yeah, Pumpkinhead 2. She was in, um, what's that movie? Dang it, with Clint Howard. Ticks. She was in Ticks. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm infested. Yeah. <laughs> Does that sound like Clint Howard? Just like him. <laughs> oh, Clint. I think a friend of mine on one of my chat threads brought it randomly brought up Clint Howard, and he's been in some insane number of movies. Yes. It's like 300 or more or something. It's just unbelievable. I love yeah. him. I think he's so great. More power. To, I mean, he's been acting since he was like four. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Crazy. Yes. Um. Okay. So this is harder than I thought it was going to be because there were a few more that I could have gone with. Not to say I think we could all do a top five because I think you would probably both say my other two outliers. But I would be a little bit remiss to not say Wes Craven's New Nightmare from 1994. Yeah. Um, definitely just return to form is not the right thing to say. And I think it gets a little bit overused sometimes when it comes to movies, because like, like, yes, we're back to Wes Craven's vision for the movie and it's not deviating into just making Freddy Krueger, uh, uh, um, just spouting, like calling people bitch and having some like 
the punny little comment before he slaughters them or whatever. Like this is actually like a nightmare. Yeah. Like an actual like the concept of a pretty horrific Freddy Krueger version of Freddy Krueger and yeah. how it like attacks your family, but it's also attacking you and you know what happens. So the fact that they kind of changed like obviously they bring, they bring back Nancy, but kind of turning it on its head where now you're seeing the horror from the parents' point of view. Mm-hmm. It who was a child and who is dealing with her own child and the nightmares and her boyfriend and things like that, which is a great body horror scene kill that happens in this involving a motorcycle that I always appreciated and disliked at the same time, which made me know I'd never want to watch Tetsuo. And it's just, it's, it's a lot darker. Like it kind of feels like you keep watching nightmare on Elm street. The longer you do, the more you're just kind of get a little desensitized to some of the campiness and like, okay, but I don't know. This one always hit me a little bit more or a little bit darker than the other versions, even more than the original, because it did seem a little bit more morose, a little bit like there was a little bit more of a shadow over everything. Um, and just creepy, kind of a, a slight change to Freddy's character design too. That yeah. totally worked. Um, as far as the claw and things like that. Um, well, you think yeah. about like Wes Craven started it based on, you know, an article he'd read in the newspaper about dreams and dying in the sleep. Um, and then he didn't really, it, it became its own thing. Right. And then, yeah. so Freddie's dead was before this one. And Rachel Talalay took it to pure insane camp mm-hmm. levels. So you've got him kind of reclaiming that, but then he's in it. They're all yeah. in it, you know, playing themselves. And you've got Wes Craven in it kind of grappling with this thing that he's wrought into the world, which is an interesting level. That's like very much precursor to Scream. You see this movie and you're like, oh, no wonder like Scream is just a couple years away from the same guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Do we want. Oh, sorry. I, I forgot to mention. I also had Bride of Chucky and The Exorcist 3. Oh, Starring yes. Stephen Dorff. Yeah. Yes. Stephen Dorff. <laughs> yes. And do we want to do some runner-ups since I, mean, I, I do have a couple more I could have mentioned? Yeah, I do think it's worth at least mentioning the ones because I purposely stuck away from some of the obvious ones, but I feel like they're definitely worth mentioning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so, let's yeah. mention. Um, we'll we'll do we'll go just around the table for uh, runners-up too. Like just one at a time. Or... Yeah, let's just do one at a time because okay. I think uh, well, you guys will start ticking off some of mine. I'm guessing too. <laughs> Uh, Zena, you're up. Okay, uh, so uh, Pet Cemetery Two from 1992. Oh. I love that one. I don't get me wrong; the first one is just iconic. It's wonderful. It makes me ball my eyeballs out. But yeah. this one, I feel, is just it's more fun. You know, it feels Clancy Brown. Really, yeah, it's just <laughs> he's in, he's amazing. I'll never look at mashed potatoes. The same. <laughs> you know, um, and then there's even a potato scene, like with some potatoes. potato truck like there's a lot of potatoes in this movie but (laughs) even though it's not as dark mashed potatoes foreshadow potatoes (laughs) it does it does it kind of does doesn't it (laughs) yeah it's like even though like the the first one is it has more of a it feels just very bleak you know there's just something about it but then with this one it has something fun about it because it feels very 90s but there is still something very sad about it because you have this teenage boy who's just mourning his mother. Like, you just feel, you know, really sad for him. And 
it's just everybody knows because his mom was this big actress and so now he's in this small town he's never really gonna fit in you know his dad is learning not how to be a dad but just to have him around you know so it's Mm -hmm. just this is something really sad about it but i love it and the soundtrack slaps yeah be megan uh maniac cop 2 I am a big fan of the Maniac Cop Mm. movies. Um, Two kept the same kind of like zaniness. Uh, We killed off some of our favorite heroes, which is bold. And then we added, what if he teams up with a serial killer? So, you know, (laughs) sequel adds to the problems. So two Maniacs on Maniac Cop 2, plus new characters and blah, blah, blah. I really like it. I also really like when movies uh, in that era, I think the very early 90s loved to have theme songs over the end credits, (laughs) especially like (laughs) end raps that summarize the movie. And I'm a big fan of when that happens. Uh, I I mean, Army of Darkness, right? Like it had to be said by someone. You technically said it already. I did. That's why I was kind of avoiding it in the initial list. And again, it's it's also it's not my favorite of, of the series. Like if you're going to show me the the list of the five movies right now, I wouldn't pick it first or second. Yeah. Um, but without it, at the same time, you don't get Ash versus the Evil Dead. I think w- without that shift into almost a hundred percent comedy. <laughs> You don't get to create this world where Ash is just this oaf who is doing his best to destroy demons. And it would be a much sadder world if Ash versus the Evil Dead didn't exist. So I I at least have to give Army Darkness credit for that. And it has slowly grown on me over the years. It definitely took a while. It was not a first or second view for me. It took deeper than that. Same, yeah. All right, um, round two. How are you, Xena? Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation <laughs> from 1990. Um, this one has Clint Howard. He plays this homeless guy uh, who's dirty, and he's just outrageous as always. There's a lot of goo in this one, bugs. Um, this one has nothing to do with, like, anything in the series. This this is another like wonky series, but I I love it so much. I think it's wonderful. So that's why it's on the list. Every yeah, I feel like again, we would be BFFs uh slumber parties for <laughs> life um because it's Brian Yuzna. Yeah. We we love Kevin Tenney and Brian Yuzna dominating this list. We do. I guess that means it's my Thanks. turn. Um Speaking of weird and funny and creaturey, maybe a little slimy, uh, Basket Case 2. <laughs> yeah. I a mean, little, I, sure. A little, sure. Yeah. So, like, Basket Case, I feel like it was almost a decade, right? When did Basket Case come out? I feel like it was early 80s, like 81-ish yeah. or something. Um, so, Basket Case 2, still Frank Lauder, comes out in 1990. The first one's... I like it, but it's very New York gritty, a little sleazy. This one is, what if Belial was actually sympathetic? What if Belial found love in another basket case freak <laughs> like him? And they had a bunch of babies. And what if his human brother was a little jealous this time? <laughs> and they push that into wild, campy territory that is a little bit jarring if you are going into this as a fan of the first one. Um but it's it, it's kind of almost like a standalone, and it's very funny and very very weird, and I love it. 
I'm going to go with, I mean, I technically have two left. Um, I'm going to say Gremlins 2. Nice. Uh, of the sequels that I was thinking, you know, it, it's, it is a more comical version of the first one. Mm-hmm. But the even more creature effects, arguably scarier creature effects, especially when you consider like the spider. Um, but it's also tongue in cheek, kind of making fun of the first one. And like Phoebe Cates's like holiday drama just turns into an eye roll for everybody else. And it's almost almost to the level of like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, like self-aware parody of itself on top of it, like because what is it? Hulk Hogan breaks the third wall yeah. like in the movie theater. And if nothing else, if anyone listening to this has not seen the key and peel version of the gremlins Two writer room, it is arguably the perfect comedy skit. It is unbelievably hilarious and accurate to the movie. <laughs> it is just, uh, everything about it makes me so happy. I will it's rewatch good. that over and over again. And, that probably bumps Gremlins 2 up a little bit, just thanks to that. <laughs> nice. All right, do we have any left besides the one I didn't name, I suppose? Um, yeah. Should, should we keep, yeah. keep going? Uh, okay, well, one last round. One last one, round. One more. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, say, I'll just go with the one that we, we all kind of love. Um, Children of the Corn 3. It's on my list. Yeah. yeah oh have, my God. I have such a love hate with this movie, but it was on cable <laughs> all the time. So yeah. I have to watch it. Like I had to whenever it was on. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, this whole franchise is just in, insane, you know? It was just and completely wacky. Yeah. It was. But yeah, they used to play this again, like on TV all the time. <laughs> and for people who don't understand our reactions to that that was a patreon thing where we were watching all the children of the corn movies maybe at some point we'll re-release those episodes so y'all we can should. hear our enjoyment of the guys- children of the corn movies do you guys know where we stopped was it after this one we decided to or we watched thought- one did we more? did four we, we did, did four. four okay yeah. because that's the naomi watts one and i think we Stop there. I think, I think we stopped we after five. four. We, sh- yeah. we should maybe do that. <laughs> I think we should do five. Or you know what? I think that we need to go to the Critters franchise. I think we need to oh, go on that wild God. ride. I do love the first two. Then it starts getting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about you, Megan? <laughs> um, all right. Since since Children of the Cord was on my list, I I will say that uh, Child's Play two. Mm. Um. venturing more into more familiar franchise territory but child's play 2 was the one the first two movies when i was really young creeped me out and it was always the little things that that creeped me out the most you know like the first movie it was the battery scene where she discovers that thing has been talking on its own without Mm -hmm. batteries that was scary to me part two kind of dials it up because he's rolling under beds like you know when he'll he'll reveal that he's alive and then roll under beds and my (laughs) instinct is always like watch your achilles tendon he's got he's gonna slice it um and i don't know i don't know why it's like he rolls out of sight and then i'm literally i can't find where is he where is he run because you don't know where he is well you do because he's under the bed you just watched him 
but it's scary to it was scary to me at like seven or however old I was watching this for the first time. Um, so I kind of feel like the second one was a one of the last times he was really scary up until uh, Curse of Chucky. And I'll wrap it up with Scream Two. Yeah, because you know it's it's not again it's not my favorite. It's arguably my least favorite killer reveal. Um, for reasons I don't need to get into, it just is. Um, but it's still insanely watchable. It's got a great cast. It's got some really fun premises and performances, and it dives into it dives deeper into the horror movie lore than any movie really had before it. Like Scream might have called out some of these things that people already knew. Mm-hmm. But with Scream 2, and I don't know if it was even a possibility that they wouldn't do it, they could have made Scream 2 without talking about sequels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they could have made the rest of the Scream movies without being self-referential for the sequels, the trilogies, the universes, the the reboots, all that stuff. So the fact that they were actually calling it out was kind of like, oh, my God, that is a sequel thing, isn't it? Like, that there is a certain formulaic nature yeah. to all this stuff. And yeah, it's like 90% of it pretty fun. Again, it's one reveal. It's my issue. Doesn't make any difference to anyone else. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's a good time. And oh, and the fact that they actually misquote aliens upsets me. <laughs> um actually it's stay away from her. It's like why you corrected with the wrong line and nobody corrected you that you corrected someone else who had said the right line. <laughs> But with do, the wrong do you line. think that that was part on purpose? I don't know. It. I kind of hope I, it was. The, I kind of have to imagine Kevin Williamson knew. Because yeah. like that was what what that re- if it was on purpose, then I love it. Because then what that is is that's a nod to these movie geeks, these these think, fil- film school kids who don't know nearly as much as they think they do. Yes, I think that's the point. I mean, especially in those college class scenes, they are directly poking fun of the film bros that think they know everything. And the film bro who thinks they know everything got got, too. So yeah. I think that's intentional. But, but nobody, and nobody called them on it. So it's, no, it's that. because they either don't care or they're like, whatever. Well, or just yeah. acting as if they know. Like, ever, oh, yeah. everyone is saying this is the thing. So I'm going to say. Well, then, I, then that's extra respect for me because they don't belabor it at all. They don't circle back to it. Like, that's literally just something that existed for the writer to be like, yeah, this is what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is what I don't like. Um, Then bonus points for that. And then I definitely should have mentioned Scream 2. There you Uh, go. Do do we want to do a full recap before we wrap up? Sure. Um, Okay. So I picked Night of the Demons 2, 1994. Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead, 1994. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, 1995, and then bonuses. I went went. Oh my gosh, I went with Pet Cemetery Two, Silent Night, Deadly Night Four, and Children of the Corn Three, Urban Harvest. I went uh, Return of the Living Dead Three, Basket Case Two, Howling Six, The Freaks, Switchboard Two, The Devil's Doorway, Maniac Cop Two, and Child's Play Two. I think that's all. And I think I remember all these. <laughs> I had Bride of Chucky, The Exorcist 3, New Nightmare, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, Gremlins 2, Army of Darkness, and Scream 2. Awesome. 
We did it. it. So for anyone out there who doesn't think that there's a lot of horror movie sequels happening in the 90s, we just named, what, 18 of them? Mm-hmm. So you None got plenty of them to watch. necessarily elevated, but whatever. Yeah, I was going to say No. That. <laughs> yeah. so, but they're there. They're, they're they fun. exist. Yes, yes, they are movies that you can watch. <laughs> we did that. And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at Haunted Meg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all things Bloody Disgusting on TikTok at BeDisgusting. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Steven Dorf. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm Brad Dorf. <laughs> See, I should have started with like I'm Dorf on golf or something. Yeah. I just, I just, and then made all the people under the age of forty have to look up what the hell is that? What is that? I don't know. Tim Conway, he's a classic. Anyway, grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Steven Dorf. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.